This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Let's talk Stanley Cup. Last night, the Pittsburgh Penguins won their fifth Stanley Cup in franchise history, the third in the Sidney Crosby era. In fact, the first back-to-back Stanley Cup champs the NHL has had since the Red Wings did it in 97-98. Isn't that remarkable? Think of the the good teams we've had over the last 20 years, but no one's been able to do it back-to-back since then. So that's significant. Uh, it It was a weird playoffs. In fact, it was a weird final where certainly, other than Game 5... Going into last night, you can make the argument that the Pittsburgh Penguins were the lesser of the two teams in games one through four. Yet somehow the series was 2-2. The Penguins made it 3-2 with that lopsided game five win, and they pulled it out last night. You know, it was weird, too. The Penguins have never had a Stanley Cup final game where they didn't get a power play, yet they won it last night. So they somehow found a way to do it all through these, these playoffs, and, you know, it's impressive. And I think certainly it, uh, you know, it further enhances, I think, Sidney Crosby's already impressive resume and his legacy. Look, he could retire tomorrow, go down as one of the best players of all time. But he gets his name on the Stanley Cup for a third time, right? And it's, you know, it kind of makes you immortal, right? You, your name is engraved on the Stanley Cup. No one can ever take that away from you. Except, I guess, when they do. <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but I guess it makes sense. Because they've been uh, awarding Stanley Cup winners for a long time. Uh, I guess that trophy could be, what, eight feet tall by now, but it's not. I always kind of thought they did. You can just keep adding to the Stanley Cup. It was once smaller than it is. But I guess you get to a limit where you just really can't make it any bigger. So I was reading today in Post Media that, yeah, pretty soon here, they're going to have to scratch some names off the cup. Names like Gordie Howe, Bobby Hall, Maurice Richard. That seems sacrilegious, doesn't it? Anyway, joining us uh, to talk more about all of this, uh, John Crick joins us. Uh, he's with Post Media. He's a uh, NFL columnist, also at uh, TorontoSun.com, of course. Uh, John, great to have you with us. You're welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I guess they don't keep making the Stanley Cup bigger. Maybe a lot of us think that they do. <laughs> I think a lot of us do, or didn't think that. At least I know I did. Uh, I can't remember how recently, somewhere in the last year, I found out. I might have known when they originally made this decision in the 90s, but long since forgot about it. But at any rate, since 1993, uh, we all know that the Stanley Cup has the big fat barrel part at the bottom. And there are five equal width bands that have the the engravings on there since 1927. The ones before that are on the the actual bowl itself or on the little uh, descending rings and bands uh, above the barrel part. Uh, That's for the winners before 1927 when they just have the team names mostly. But since uh, they started engraving in team names on that barrel, um, they came up with that shape and that type of uh, uh, an alignment, I guess, if you want to call it that, in the late 50s. And I guess they must have figured at the time, ah, people down in the history, they can worry about exactly what to do with it when it fills up because they only had two and a half of the five bands filled in the late 50s. Well, <laughs> lo and behold, when the cup became 100 years old in the early 90s, that's when the thing filled up and they had a big decision. Uh, the, the people who are in charge of the Stanley Cup, which I didn't even know this, two trustees... Uh, perpetual trustees named by originally named by Lord Stanley himself in 1892. They have the last say on the cup, along with, of course, the NHL and the Hockey Hall of Fame people had their say too. So these people met 
And long story short, they decided that they were going to keep now this now iconic look of the cup and just remove one of the bands every 13 years when they fill up at the bottom. So what happens is 1993, they took off the first band of uh, cup winners from 1927 to 1940, and then they did it again in 2006 from 1940 to 1953. And now after last night's win by the Pittsburgh Penguins, it will fill up again, and sometime next year, they will. once they've created this cup around all this summer with the various Pittsburgh Penguins players, they will remove one more band. And that's going to take it into more modern era, which would be from 1953 to 1965. And so that's why we're going to have Bobby Hull's 1961 cup and the Chicago Blackhawks. Bobby Hull's name will come off. Gordy Howe, Rocket Richard, and others from that era. I was surprised to learn that, but that's what they decided to do uh, about 25 years ago. Well, yeah, it seems so weird. So what, what do they do with those bands? They retire them, quote-unquote, and put them at the Hall of Fame. I guess if you have to do it this way, they, they do it as, uh, as gently or as honorably as you can, perhaps. Um, that's up for debate. But what they do is they put it into the, uh, the place in the Hockey Hall of Fame where the actual original Stanley Cup bowl donated by Lord Stanley himself 125 years ago, that was actually retired off the Stanley Cup in the early 60s when it was getting too brittle. So that is actually there, and the, the replacement has been on the cup ever since. And they, will, they have two of those bands, as I mentioned, that are on display now. And, of course, uh, we'll be adding another one within the next uh, 12 months or so, and that's where this one will go. I guess what will be even more interesting in another, well, I guess 13 years, there's 13 teams that can ostensibly fit on each band. Um, and so uh, I believe it will be in 13 years from next year, for the next band to come off, the fourth one, in 2031, or 2031, whatever we'll call it then, if we're still around, uh, they'll take off another band, and that's going to take it all the way through most of the 70s. So that's when you're going to lose Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and Bobby Clark and all those, most <laughs> of those winners from the 70s Habs teams. They'll all come off, and uh, eventually the, the Calgary Flames, 13 years after that, they're... Their win in uh, in the in '86, and you'll have all those Edmonton Oilers teams. They'll come off uh, around 2044. It just seems so weird. But then, I mean, when you look at it another way, I guess no other sports has a trophy like this. There, there's no debate, mm-hmm. like in the NFL, whose name is going to be on the Vince Lombardi Trophy. It's just it is what it is. You get you win right. the trophy. You don't get your name engraved on. It. I mean, just. So, but I think that's what, in a way, makes the Stanley Cup so iconic is, you know, mm-hmm. the history and just, you know, even the, the size and the shape. People who barely know hockey, they recognize the Stanley Cup, don't they? They do. And, you know, there's always, uh, you know, a hockey player who wins the Stanley Cup can always have his grandkids come to the Hockey Hall of Fame someday and he can show, look, there's, there's Grandpa's name on there. To be to be fair, I suppose, is uh the NHL says that, look, you know, if, if you win the Stanley Cup, your name is going to be on there for anywhere from 52 to 65 years thereafter. So that's probably going to cover the lifespan of most most players uh, as far as their name being on the Cup during the duration of their life. So it's only going to be the guys that are getting older and hang on there uh, who are going to, you know, have to look at it someday. Um, in the feature that I wrote uh, for Post Media, and thanks for the plug, uh, a colleague of mine, Lance Hornby, talked to Phil Esposito a couple of weeks ago and asked him, and I thought, you know, Phil might be a good guy to ask because, you know, he's a feisty guy, right? He's 1932 Summit Series, kind of rallied the troops and everything. And sure enough, yeah, he's not too happy about it. He said, but I'm glad I'll be gone by then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess he doesn't <laughs> expect to be here in 2031. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if they're on there from 50, for at least a half a century, then uh, I guess that's, uh, that's a good run. But as you say, the other, the other trophies and other sports can remain small because they don't engrave the actual names of players on there or team personnel. It's just... Uh, they don't have any engraving. You just get the the, the trophy and you parade it around, uh, and then you give it back to the league when you're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the history gives it a lot of gravitas, right? I mean, it, there, there's so mm-hmm. much to the Stanley Cup. I mean, it goes back, as you say, to the late 1800s. It predates the NHL itself. Right. Uh, so, right. To see that history, I mean, because the Cup represents that history, I think it's just part of its mystique that, you know, wow, you're you're looking at history. You're touching history. Well, right. And and that, when I talked uh, with a, Phil Pritchard, who we, who we saw again last night, got the white hair and the white gloves who rolls out the cup. Um, he's known as one of the keepers, if not the uh, lead keeper of the cup. And I was asking him a little bit about that. And he said, sure enough, you know, people will always, he goes, every player, every player's dad, wherever the cup gets taken on parade or on its uh, visit, visitation tour, he said, everybody will go to the cup and start looking at names. And, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He said, it's just the, the engraved names on the cup does give it that added gravitas, as you say, and, and, and it almost makes it even more historic uh, for people to not want to, uh, for there being the, the big move when they ultimately decided, hey, this is an iconic look. And it's an iconic uh, thing that we have here with this cup, with all these engravings. It, ha- it has made it better. And when they, uh, they they said that the ultimate deciding factor came from a quote from Brian Trottier, who, if you recall, won the four cups with the Islanders in the early 80s and then two more with the Steelers, or sorry, with the uh, Penguins as a player. And he said that it's the ideal height. It's just under three feet tall, 35 and a quarter inches, I think it is. He said it's almost the perfect size for raising over your head. So if they kept adding bands, not only would it get heavier, it's 35 pounds almost, but it would get unwieldy. You wouldn't be able to just hoist it over your head, which, I mean, we watched it last night. I mean, every player that had it, every team executive or trainer took that cup and raised it over his head, and they weren't off balance or anything. It just It's the perfect uh, length for doing that. And that was ultimately the, the thing that convinced everybody, let's keep it at the size because it's the quote-unquote perfect size. Yeah, and some people are pointing out, I guess I'm being unfair, because the, the CFL, of course, the Grey Cup, does mm-hmm. does this, don't they? Or they, they? The CFL champions, they get their names on the Grey Cup. Uh, I'm not actually sure about that, Rob. Um, but that, you'd put the team name maybe on there, but I think you, with a football team, my gosh, you'd have to have a cup about 40 feet long, wouldn't you, to, to get all those names of all those A lot of names. Well, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll double-check that, but I, th- I think maybe they do. Anyway... Um, but as you, you point out in your piece, there was some talk to either maybe making the Stanley Cup even bigger to, to keep that yeah. going or keep names on there longer or maybe even starting over with, with a new trophy. So the, these ideas have come up uh, along the way, haven't they? No, they did. Yeah, for sure. And uh, because that's the tradition of the Cup. When And I didn't know this until I researched this, is that when Stanley donated the bowl, it was with the idea, the NHL says, to actually add a ring for... The each team's winner, starting at the very get-go in 1892, the winner was supposed to add a ring to the bottom of the, the cup and with their name on there, their team name, and then the next year's winner and so on. And they were supposed to even pay for it themselves. Nice. Here, here's the cup. Now pay for a nice expensive silver <laughs> band on your cap. That was the original plan. 
so even when they had this narrow stovepipe, they called it, if you've ever seen these old photos for the cup the way it looked from the late 20s until the late 40s when they came up with the current barrel design, it was very narrow, and they just added a new band each year. Well, once they added 20 bands on there by 1947, I think it was, that's when they went, all right, this thing looks like it was nicknamed the Elephant Leg. That's about as derogatory as you want to come for a, <laughs> the name of your cup. Hey, did we win the Elephant Leg? And that's when they decided rightly that we can't keep adding to this thing. We've got to change the design, and they came up with that fatter barrel. So this tradition had gone for the first 100 years of the cup, which was just keep adding on to make room for the new winners. And and that's why there was a movement to keep, continue to do that. Well, maybe we redesign the cup, make the barrel even fatter. Maybe we make the engravings even smaller with a smaller font. But eventually what would happen? They'd fill up again. Mm-hmm. And so this might be the ultimate compromise. And we Canadians are compromising good-hearted people. So maybe this was the, the, the indeed the best way for the cup to continue, which was to retire the bands after 52 to 65 years, depending on where they fit in that band retirement uh, schedule, and handle it that way. And, and why, at the beginning, I, I started the feature going, hey, I'm a little bit outraged that Bobby Orr, who was my childhood hero when I was growing up in the late 60s, early 70s, that Bobby Orr's name's going to come off the cup? That can't be right. Well, when you realize that going into the 2030s, if they just keep on adding a ring to the to the current-sized barrel, they'd be up to 10 rings, and there's five now. So imagine how long and wieldy that thing would be just in another decade from now. It would look a little bit silly and stupid. So maybe they did make the right decision. Yeah, good point. Well, John, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, that is uh, John Crick. He's a columnist with Post Media, NationalPost.com, also TorontoSun.com. So you can find his piece today. Some really interesting uh, Stanley Cup history. Just regarding the Grey Cup, at least according to the uh, the Wikipedia page for the Grey Cup, the current design of the base was introduced in 1987 as the silver plates engraved with the names of each winning team's players and executives since 1909. The trophy ran out of room for new additions following the 2012 Grey Cup. Uh, the league announced the base will be redesigned, but remains similar in shape to its current design. So, don't want to overlook the CFL and the great history of the Grey Cup, which is similar maybe in some ways to the uh, the Stanley Cup, in terms of being named after somebody, in terms of how far back that history goes, how it predates the league itself. So a lot of similarities there. So I don't want to sell the CFL short. And the Grey Cup certainly has its own fascinating history. But yeah, you look at the other major pro sports in North America, like Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, NFL, it's, it's not comparable. You know, they always do these, these commercials during the playoffs, the NHL, to promote the, the Stanley Cup final and promote the excitement of the playoffs. And there was one they did. It was just called No Words. And it was just, you know, clips of players, the emotion and lifting the Stanley Cup or just even being asked right after winning the Stanley Cup what it means. And they just, they're so overcome with emotion. They got nothing to say. I mean, it's just, it was perfect. It was so well done. And I think it just, it captured that what it means to win the Stanley Cup. And it's not just about what it means to win the championship, but just something about the Stanley Cup and the history of that, getting your name on that Stanley Cup and how much that means. Uh, So as uh, John's piece today points out, the Stanley Cup is the oldest continually awarded team sport trophy in North America. Lord Stanley purchased the original silver bowl in England for the equivalent of $50 today. After being awarded at first to Canada's amateur champion... Starting in 1910, it has been the symbol of professional hockey supremacy. 
Since 1893, two trustees always have had the final say on everything pertaining to the cup. There have been only nine trustees since Lord Stanley himself appointed the first two. First American team to win the cup was the Seattle Metropolitans in 1917. There's a number of mistakes as well that occurred over the years. And I remember this story growing up in Edmonton. Peter Pocklington, the owner of the Oilers at the time in 83-84, got his father's name engraved on the cup. And he had no business having his father's name engraved on the cup. So they X'd it out with 16 X's. Uh, For example, Christopher Stieg of the Chicago Blackhawks, his name was spelled wrong in the Stanley Cup in 2010. To date, 3,177 names have been engraved on the Stanley Cup. And it used to be, too. I mean, you'd have to win your league first, and then you would compete. It was winners from different leagues competing for the Stanley Cup. There's that, that whole history where, you know, the Cup predates the NHL, wasn't exclusive to the NHL. Later on, it did, obviously, and we associate the two, but it wasn't always that way. So, they, yeah, there's some fascinating history there. It is sad to know that these these plates or whatever you want to call them, these bands are removed from the Stanley Cup. You kind of wish that it could always be that way. But then again, what are you going to do? Anyway, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back uh, some time here for your calls and your texts. 403-974-TALK. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.